Well, well, well. Welcome to the remastered version of season one of Authentic! Yay! The FCC won't let me be or let me be me, so let me see. I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to all the artists whose music I used in season one. So now you get to hear me sing. It's going to be real good. When the auto-tuned version comes out, that is... for bearing with my out-of-tuneness. And now, without further ado, the remastered version of Season 1, Episode 1, Cody P. Speaks Up. Welcome to Authentic! What's hot, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Boys and girls, guys and dolls, see? Welcome to the show. I am Nicholas Thomas Fitzsimmons Vandenhavel, and with me as always is my dog, Marla. Marla! Come here, baby. Say hello to the listeners. What's up, bitches? All right, that's that's enough, Marla. Go back to licking the floor. Before we get to my guest, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my show. We are all things recovery-based here at Authentic. It's the idea that if you are still living and breathing on this earth, you, yes, you, are in recovery from something. That could be bullying. That could be schizophrenia. That could be an eating disorder. Could be anything. Because life tends to get very lifelike from time to time. And we all go through struggles. We all go through strife. We all experience pain. It is about how we approach that, how we deal with that, how we overcome that, which is the most important thing. I myself, I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. I am in recovery from chemical dependency. I have depression. I have anxiety. I have a great many things, but really, it's not about me. It is about my guest, Cody Fetaplace. Today's topic speech impediments. Cody, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, brother. I'm happy to be here. Everybody knows your name now, but why don't you repeat it for us real quick? 
Cody Aaron Feta Place. Thank you for repeating that for the record, and I will now be using that when I call the FBI for Unsolved Mysteries. I'm sure I could help them out with something. Oh, no, no. You'll be the perpetrator. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be that'll be voice recognition as uh, to uh, who's been raping and, and pillaging all the play places in the greater Minneapolis area. <sighs> There's been an issue in the ball pits. That's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. Let's get right down to it, man. We're talking about speech impediments today. So why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself and about how speech impediment has played a role in your life? All right. Well, I'm 29 years old. I have stuttered for as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time that I haven't stuttered. It has been the single-handed, like the biggest influence like in my life, either positive or negative. It is something that comes up every day. I mean, yeah, it's just always been there. And for years, like almost my whole life, it has isolated me from the world. I have allowed this thing to define me, to crush me to like to make me feel like i am worthless like there's no point in continuing like it controls every aspect of my life pretty much for 27 years it locked me into a cage and then i'm also like in recovery from chemical dependency and like when i addressed like that issue about 18 months ago is through the treatment programs and the 12 step programs that I like went through and still am in uh, that's really where I found my voice and I was able to learn how to open up uh, to people in small groups large groups I've spoken publicly a few times now so yeah that has really helped me but for I kind of most of my life it's controlled almost every aspect of my life in controlling every aspect of your life take me through what that looked like when you were a child getting into the education years okay the earlier years you know we'll start with like pre-k through third grade I was bullied a lot um I didn't understand why I was different kids would make fun of it and you know like being made fun of for something that you can't control it's a pretty shitty feeling so like at a very small or young age I I wouldn't call it depression but I like definitely like learned about dark places inside of myself uh because of that and I stayed there for a very long time. Do you have any voices that still stick with you to this day? Things that kids would say to you? No. Uh, luckily through a lot of like the inner like work that I've done through the 12 step programs or therapy like I'm on or the holistic healing stuff you know that I do I've allowed myself to move through that at least on a conscious level I mean I'm sure subconsciously there are some deep wounds you know that are still there but they like when they present themselves I could do my best to target them and then to like process them properly now could you give me an example of what kids might say to you oh man when I got called like a minute a repeating record like a lot which like really doesn't sound that mean but being eight years old and then going home and thinking about that like it did hurt a lot and really just uh, like a being bullied physically because 
because of it. There was some like a verbal stuff, but more of it was actually physical. So kids were literally beating the shit out of you. Well, they tried, but yeah. <laughs> Keyword there, tried. Yes. <laughs> As you got older and you got into your prepubescent years, how did it affect you there? By that point, it kind of just shut me down from the outside world. I was very carded. I didn't let anybody in. I wouldn't raise my hand in class. Like, academically speaking, I was always a very good student, and I would, like, know the answer, and I wouldn't, like, raise my hand because I didn't want to stutter. That still stays with me. That's really hard to want to be able to participate and feel like you can't. Speaking of participating, when you were in class and you did projects together, sometimes you are asked to come in front of the class and present. Is that something that you completely avoided, or is that something that the teachers just made you do and it was just hell? Oh, I completely avoided it. I played the victim role, and it worked. Okay, what do you mean by played the victim role? I said I stutter, and I don't want to stand up there because it makes me feel bad, and I don't want to be put through that situation. And Did any teachers ever make you? No, but, you know, it, 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 in, like, hindsight, I really wish they did because, you know, like, through, like, small group speaking and, like, speaking in front of people, like, now, like, I'm or doing, like, my live energy healing sessions, you know, like I do, speaking publicly, it's still hard. Sometimes are easier like than others, but that is when I guess I find my own strength and courage to like how to push through that stuff. And it's really helping me too to like realize that I stutter, but it like really doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. Like nobody is not listening, you know, because I stutter. Like it's actually the opposite because I do stutter. They have to listen more, which is kind of funny, you know. But like they never made me, but I do wish they did because it would have forced me to confront this feeling in me a long time ago. So you identified something just a few seconds ago. You said you played the victim role. Mm -hmm. When did you start playing the victim and what did that actually look like, Cody? What did you actually say? What did you physically do? Most of the time, it was the opposite to where, like, I didn't do anything because, like, in my own head, it's like, well, like, like, what's the point? You know, like, you can't speak. You're gonna sound stupid, blah, 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 blah. So it's like me playing the... victim to my own self and like not interacting with people and not taking chances or socializing or even like going after things that I wanted and then towards others and like this is like where my chemical dependency plays in uh, because like when I was 13 years old and I got drunk for the first time I found out that I didn't stutter when I was drunk so there was that like a victim role of Okay, well, now, like, I can be drunk because I don't stutter. And, like, when I do stutter, like, I feel like X, Y, and Z. Did you feel like you had finally arrived? Like, when I started drinking? Yeah. Absolutely. I was there at the party, literally and figuratively. As far as your speech impediment goes, was that the only thing, really, that was holding you back? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you would be just fine. You would be perfect if. If. I like to tell myself that, and I still do, you know, today. My therapist actually could have made me write an article last week about who am I without my stutter. And a lot of it, like the first half was, well, like I would be this, and I'd be able to do 
do these things and I wouldn't have to do this, you know. What do you think would be your shortcomings if your speech impediment never existed up until the point you found alcohol? I was poor. That's about it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean... I'm talking about personal shortcomings. Things that were in your control to some extent. You know, I can't really say because a lot of these things like self-confidence and self-worth, like, like all these things like I feel that I didn't have really did stem from my speech impediment. I didn't really feel a lot of lack in other areas of my life that didn't involve my speech impediment, like whether that be internally or externally. I understand that investigating certain things like that, taking your speech impediment out of the equation seems silly and nonsensical, but what do you think it would be? What do you think those things would be? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm asking you to dig a little deeper here, bud. I don't even know. And don't give me a bullshit answer like, we were poor. First thing that came I don't give up. I don't give a fuck what your socioeconomic status was. Oh, um. it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. I'm asking you to stop using your speech impediment as a crutch for a second. I don't really know. I mean, I has that ever been a thought that's crossed your mind? <sighs> Not until about a week and a half ago. Seriously, you know, like uh, my speech impediment has been the most like influential. Th- in my life but up until especially like recently like I haven't even been addressing it at all or like trying to like work through things because it's fucking scary it's fucking scary but isn't it to some extent freeing it is it absolutely is to think about what you would have been like or what you could be like without that controlling your life it is and like I don't want to say that like that's why I've started to take these steps again towards it you know because like the like who I could be it's who I don't want to be anymore. That's like causing me to. You came to a place where you found a substance that cures, quote unquote, cures, quote unquote, quote unquote, cures <laughs> your stuttering. Mm-hmm. What goes through your mind the first time you get drunk and you realize that you don't stutter when you drink? This is amazing. I'm confident. Like I can. Approach people. I can say what's on my m- 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 mind without thinking. You know, there's no hesitation. It's just me being there with these other individuals and like we're not openly connecting and conversating, and it's freeing. What kind of person did you find out you were when you could actually speak without your impediment? A calm, cool, collected, confident cat. <laughs> That's quite the alliterative <laughs> sentence there. Is. Was there anything you didn't like about yourself once you didn't stutter? Yeah, a lot actually. I was very sad. For some reason I got a looking pack like um like 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 even like when I was really small was you know um like externally I was always very smiling. Uh, my grandma still calls me sunshine like so I'm like a very vibrant odd but on the inside I've always felt that my soul or my heart was always filled with darkness and I never really understood why and it's like not a this bad thing or like this evil thing it's just sadness for no reason now some people would identify that or label that as depression what do you what do you label that as if anything so with me and like you know like under mental health labels I'd like that like being a holistic healer and a metaphysical student I try to stay away from those 
terms uh, because I feel like it just throws all this stuff to Heather and it's like you have this where with like myself I'm learning that those feelings are like when all of these traumas and like PTSD events and like when all this other stuff that's all like wrapped in to this huge thing and you know like starting at a very young age like my father he went to prison like when I was three months old I'm sure that's where that whole stems from you know like and then like all my other things that have happened throughout my life I've like been thrown in there that's why I guess would label that so you said that you're starting to address these things these isms and your speech impediment itself mm-hmm. now that you are clean and sober yep. were they ever addressed before that like did any teachers try and help you out did you ever ask for help um it's so like when i was in uh speech <laughs> fluency classes for i want to say like five years when i was younger okay what were those like did you did you like going to them no well yeah because they caught me out of school but <laughs> did did they do anything for you yeah you know, I don't think they really did. It, it, it was, let's like read these sentences and, you know, find your trigger words and then find other words to replace those that like might not make you stutter and like stuff like that. It didn't do much for me. Did you ever give it a chance? I did. I was in it for five or six years. No, I know you were in it for five or six years, but you also said it was a good reason to get out of class. Did you actually really give it a chance? I would like to say yes, but I was also very young, so who knows? (laughs) How about today, looking back, would you have liked to have given yourself a chance? Yes, I would have liked to. Okay, we've gone through a, a very short progression here where you can identify when your speech impediment started, right? It started when you first started making memories, so it's always been a part of you. You got a little bit of help with it when you were in your younger years. I want to say, like, early education. Is that accurate? Like, four, yeah. five, six, seven? Yeah, like, all the way up to probably age 11. Okay, basically kindergarten through fifth grade-ish. Something like that. Did any of that help? I don't remember, you know, to be honest, but I don't feel like it did. Why did it stop? Why did you stop getting help for that? Why did they stop helping you? I think I just stopped calling one day because I didn't think it was helping me anymore, and I just didn't want to do it because I wasn't seeing the results I guess that I wanted to uh, you know that big eye piece um what results did you want did you want it to completely go away yeah, I wanted to not stutter anymore period period complete fluency thinking back is that something that is even plausible back then no but like that also plays into the research around stuttering for years and years I don't know why it's happened like when how to really help it you know like there's only ways to help I- increase like a defluency through replacing trigger words and to like learn how to vocalize f- f- t- t- differently but n- now there's programs that w- 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 work with the n- n- nervous system and all this other stuff so i do believe now it's possible f- for complete fluency, but back then, no. Now, when you're talking about trigger words, are those like certain consonants or vowels yep. that trip you up? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, like 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 more specific words. What are the specific ones for you? So for me, it'd be like move is really hard for me, which 
talks a lot because that's what I do for a living. And so when like you know like people ask me what do you do for a living, I'm always like, well, fuck, you know, I, <laughs> I'm gonna stutter and they're not gonna know what's going on. And this is awkward off the bat when I meet someone. So what are <laughs> what are some of the synonyms you use instead of move? There's nothing else. There has to be something else. I've tried. Yeah. I feel safe I don't care if I stutter because I also feel like I can make fun of my you know like my speech impediment with like those individuals because I know that I won't be harmed did you just avoid the word myself probably <laughs> pretty sure you just did uh-huh. oh, just checking just checking I, I, subconscious I just want to keep you fucking honest brother <laughs> When did you start using substances? I started using substances when I left uh, that school halfway through the eighth grade. Okay, I want to stop you right there. Sound good to you? Yep. Even if it doesn't sound good to you, we're going to do it anyways because I'm in control. Oh, God, I hate yeah. this. Welcome back to Authentic. Today we are in the studio with Cody Fetaplace. We are talking about speech impediments. Cody. Hola. Can you say speech impediments for me? Speech impediments. <laughs> say it again. Speech impedimente. Doesn't sound like you have a speech impediment. What the fuck's your problem? Eh, I'm, I'm safe right now. Oh, you're safe right now. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad you feel safe in here. Of course. And I'm sorry I made you say speech impediments three times. No, you're not. Did I you know. say it three times or did you say it twice? It was only twice. I'm not doing it again. Okay. <laughs> During the music break, you said you were having a really hard day. 
you were all over the place. Absolutely. And you couldn't figure out why. Mm -hmm. And you kind of identified why that was, or maybe at least a piece of that, and that was coming in here. Yeah. What was it about coming here that you didn't want to do, or that was so scary? I think it was my, you know, like, uh, my subconscious just, like, stirring up all this stuff. Like, all these feelings and the pain I've been through and just all that stuff. Um, I don't think that there is really anything that, like, I didn't want to do because I do want to be here. This is a very freeing experience that I have not been offered yet. And I can already feel that this will also be very healing. I wanted to be here because I love to support you and the stuff that you do so there's not a part of me that like didn't like i want uh, to be here right on brother so it's just stirring up the shit to get it out really yeah (laughs) stirring up the shit stew that's right trust me there's gonna be nice big chunks that you're gonna be picking out of your teeth oh god we were approaching something right before the break and that was when you first found substances and you said earlier that in using substances like alcohol, uh, your speech impediment all but disappeared. Mm-hmm. And you had, quote unquote, finally found the answer, the solution. When you first took that drink of alcohol, was it after your first sip that you stopped stuttering? Was it when you started to feel a buzz? You know, I can't really put my finger on that but i would assume that it was after i was drunk so you knew that at some point if you kept drinking that your speech impediment would leave you absolutely so did you want to stay drunk all the time oh yeah and did you yep drinking every day yep age 13 age 13 to about 21 and a half what time of the day did you start drinking uh usually right after school and then on the weekends so how did you handle school then uh i didn't handle anything at that point what do you what do you mean by that (laughs) it means i was full blown into my addiction by the age of 14 i was just floating through my day like whether it be school or like work or like wherever else to get high or drunk eventually so i wasn't handling anything what did your parents have to say about that uh well it was like just my mom and i can remember standing in the kitchen 13 14 like years old i was taller like than her finally and i just said i'm bigger than you now and you can't do anything what did she have to say about that uh i don't exactly remember i don't think she said anything because i think she realized at that point that she couldn't stop me from doing whatever the fuck i was going to do and like my mom has never had the heart to throw me out what would you like to say to your mom right now oh man well and i'm just talking about that particular experience that particular point where you stood in front of her and said i'm bigger than you i'm going to do whatever the fuck i want that instance in particular because i know there's tons of shit that we want to say to our moms right you know sometimes it's fuck you you're a you're a fucking nazi and I was a little fucker. What would you say to your mom about that instance in particular? I would say that I wish I had more self-respect and the ability to have respect for you. Because I didn't have that ability at that point. It was, I'm going to like do like whatever I want. Screw any form of authority. I'm hell on wheels, basically. You said that using drugs and alcohol from 13 to 21. So what was going on in those eight years? I mean, you just kind of lumped it all together but it sounds like there had to have been something going on in between there other than just showing up for school and drinking well like when i also want to specify too that like 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 
that was my alcohol years. Uh, like my alcoholic was the only substance that stopped me from stuttering. I was an addict up until like 18 months ago. Uh, but that being said, there were some things that happened, you know, like I caught through school. Apparently I tried to join the Marines. This is actually a huge impact on my life, but like, like, I think like like this would be age twenty two. What do you mean you tried to join the Marines? So like when I was like with this woman, she got pregnant, and like I didn't know how I was going to take care like one of my kid and I had always like like I wanted to like be like in the armed forces. Uh, so I dropped out of college started training for the marines for 10 months i scored like a very high on my testing like i could have done anything i wanted to i passed maps twice um and then the day i was supposed to leave for poke camp i was at maps the third time and walking out of the door somebody asked me what branch i was going into um, and i said marines and i stuttered and they red flagged me immediately it crushed me completely what do you mean it crushed you completely uh well there's a lot that goes into it but i didn't it like uh, basically affirmed to me that my stutter does not like make me worthy of doing the things that i want to do and accomplishing goals and following dreams and making huge steps in my life or even just taking care of my daughter because that's what that whole experience like it was to me you can't be in the marine corps what do you do now i completely black out from life for the next six months maybe eight months i sat on a couch got high all day every day and let video games consume my life basically because it was an escape it wasn't like a reality like it was an alternate place where i could have my focus and attention where like when if i stayed in that box i didn't feel pain earlier you alluded to using strictly alcohol Mm -hmm. for a certain number of years and then you just said a few seconds ago i started getting high yeah i've always smoked weed and drank from the age of 13 to 27 uh there was a slow progression i think at the age of 15 i found adderall that was my go-to high for years and years and years uh, I, I, I was always an upper guy and therefore you know i graduated to coke and then the last three and a half four years of my use i found meth did Adderall, cocaine, or crystal meth stop you from stuttering? After I was up for 24 hours, yes. But also, the like reason why they played this huge role in my speech impediment is uh, because I'm like I didn't feel comfortable opening up individuals. Well, like if you're high on an upper, you can talk with an individual for hours. And it's like having those one-on-one interactions with individual like like at a wall high on uppers it created this bond with these individuals you know like when it wasn't real well i guess it 
parts of it were. But eventually I got so comfortable that I didn't stutter. That comfortability that comes from staying up for 24 hours in a row and then also being high. What can you liken that to today? Not on drugs. The sleep deprivation. Like, am I going to reach those states now through meditation? And I do pretty much every day. It's really all I can think of. That place of comfortability, I don't I don't know. I don't think I have that same place anymore. How does that make you feel? Now that that just came out of your mouth, how does that make you feel that you don't have that place? It does make me sad. Oh, but at the same time, I am happy because I know that that is a very self-destructive and harmful place as well. Even though I feel safe, it doesn't mean it's healthy for me. That was kind of the clinical answer for it. You said it made you sad. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely does. That was home for a very long time. That was my safe place. That was that was where I feel nothing externally could hurt me and also a place where I had peace on the inside, which is not something that I had ever. If you could say one thing to Cody at that point in your life, the Cody that found comfortability after 24 hours of staying up and being high and all of a sudden stopping your speech impediment, stopping stuttering. What would you want to say now to that Cody? That I understand why you like did the stuff that you did and I forgive you. So it's compassion. Absolutely. There's no anger. No, none. I can't be angry at myself for surviving. That's what that was. Do you wish you could go back to that? Uh, no. Why not? Because I've come too far from that place. What does that mean, you've come too far? Where I am now, I, 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 I'm at the place where I knew potentially I could be, but like being in that comfortable, isolated box was stopping me from becoming who I am now. When you were isolated, when did you actually have interaction with people? When did your speech impediment actually play out? That's actually something I've never thought of until now. It just didn't, which probably explains a lot of the reason why I did it. <laughs> you know, and then like the small interactions that I would have, like like I would have involved drugs and like I would have like been with another individual who I felt comfortable with. I'm sure that part of that was avoiding having those interactions at all. So in recovery circles, there's this idea discussed that an individual finds a place where they can't live with and can't live without a certain thing. And I'm going to put in speech impediment there, okay? Okay. Cody has reached a place where he decided he can't live with his speech impediment and he can't live without his speech impediment. What did you wish for then? I can't live with it and I can't live without it. You can't stand yourself with your speech impediment, but you know that you're never going to be without it. I guess the only thing that I would say to that is I guess I felt, maybe not feel, I feel like I almost had to have faith that someday I wouldn't have it or at least I could love myself enough to just not fucking care anymore. What did your faith look like when you were still using? Well, like for the last three years, like me finding my spirituality, we'll call it, I didn't have any. Like like, like anything that was uh, related to any form of higher power, I resented and hated because I felt like I was abandoned. Then when I started this path of spirituality and like opening up to what my soul felt was correct, uh, my faith came from hope. 
hope that like there was something better and then through seeing miracles in my life and the universe just uh playing this huge role this tangible role in my life it has now grown to unshakable faith and trust what would you rely on if somebody took away your faith i want to say myself but (laughs) that's the first thing that came into my mind okay and you rely on yourself where does that get you survival mode and what a survival mode i don't know what that like like a looks like while being sober but i you know like when in the path it's been high in escaping okay what would it look like today survival mode would be focusing on material things and working myself to death to obtain these things like Food, shelter, stuff like that. When you talk about this new life that you have as a person in recovery from substances, do you think you'll ever refer to yourself as a person in recovery from your speech impediment? I've never thought about it. Hopefully. What would that look like? compassion towards myself is the first thing that pops into my head which is weird the first thing that popped into my head was someone that doesn't stutter (laughs) well doesn't that make sense if you're in recovery from a speech impediment doesn't that mean that you don't stutter or at least not as much i would say recovered yes recovery of a speech impediment would be the steps leading up to that in my eyes okay so the difference between the two is recovery means you're actually working on it yep and recovered means what the end goal the Uh, end goal so does it ever end (sighs) when does it end when i stop stuttering when you stop stuttering do you think that's ever going to happen i do actually you do yeah i've met lots of individuals who come up to me after i've done like public speaking events and you know like they'll be like oh you know like i stuttered for 20 plus like years and then like one day i just stopped so i do believe there's hope and this winter like there's this 12 day program and i think it's pennsylvania they like increase like the speech fluency by 75 percent and i think i don't know it's 93 percent like been increased in speech fluency and 75 percent is complete fluency reached there is hope and i and it will happen there's that four letter word again hope if you didn't have hope where would you be in a very dark place do you think you'd still be alive yes but that's only because i never had the cuts to take my own life people die in a multitude of other ways that's very true but i think i would still be here i just wouldn't want to be here there are so many people that die prematurely from suicide or you know just being in that environment where drugs and alcohol are present or someone that's in despair why aren't you one of those statistics if you were still involved and still engaged in your active addiction you obviously would still be using some sort of substance, whether it was an upper, whether it was alcohol, accidents happen all the fucking time. Whether you're actively trying to kill yourself or not, it may be accidental. You may consume too many of the thing that you love that stops you from stuttering. Why aren't you one of those statistics? I really don't like speaking about this stuff. That's why we're fucking sitting here. It's like this may sound very egotistical, and even if it does, I really don't care because this is my own truth. I believe I have a huge purpose on this planet help individuals through my 
holistic healing things I do and when I can compile it into like you having this like and like this is huge you have this space this open space that allows like other people to process and heal in a way that is like a very unorthodox um especially because like you live in Somewhere other than what's in front of my nose. Because that's all I was ever worried about. What's in front of my nose? What's important now? And there's so much more to life than just what's in front of my nose. There's those things in between my ears. There's those things that are going to happen an hour from now, a day from now, a week from now. And I can only show up for those things if I prepare myself in this moment. By preparing myself in this moment, that means having constant contact with an individual like yourself. And that's truly what saves my life. It's, it's not not drinking. It's not engaging in eating disorder symptoms, binging and purging and restricting. It's not any of that stuff. Those are just byproducts of me revolting against myself because I don't know how to deal with life. What it's really all about is human connection. And the connection that I have with you is unlike any other. We're going to take a little break and then we will be right back. Welcome back to Authentic. We've thought we have found the answer in drugs and alcohol. That wasn't the answer. And what I really want to know, Cody, is what the answer is for you. What does getting help for your speech impediment look like? Because obviously it isn't drinking alcohol and consuming drugs. Like this activity like right here is me getting help. Me speaking about it. Me... Pushing my comfort zone, potentially thousands, thousands of individuals, you know, could hear this. And I've been stuttering like the whole time. So me standing up and, you know, like, like whether it's through this interview or like the videos I do or public speaking through like the 12 step program, me standing in front of people and using like my voice, that's 
a huge influencer, a huge game changer because the more that I like to it, like the the less stressful it is, the less triggering it is. Plus, I find more confidence in myself, which I think is a huge part of my speech impediment. Like now, is just not being confident, you know, because like if I have that thought, oh shit, I'm going to stutter, I'm going to stutter almost every time. Really, in essence, it has nothing to do with the stutter itself. You could stutter for six minutes straight. What really matters is the stress leading up to, during, and the confidence that you lack. So it really has nothing to do with the stutter itself. Yeah, my problem like isn't with my stutter. It's with everything else that comes along with it. (laughs) In this case, it's not necessarily about the gash. It's about the bleeding. Yeah. And in this instance, unlike so many others, treating the bleeding and not necessarily the gash, things improve. It's a good way to look at it. I think it's a fucking great way to look at it. <laughs> I just came up with that just now. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> I will. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Oh, good job, Nick. No. Seriously, though, all kidding aside, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I agree. Is the confidence piece. It has nothing to do with how much, how often, how pronounced your stutter is. You could possibly come to a place where you still stutter, yet you have the most confidence you've ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. In that case, would that be a recovered person? I believe it would be. What you're saying is recovered person from a speech impediment does not mean a person that doesn't stutter. You've opened my eyes to this, but yeah, I would say that that would be it. If I, if like there wasn't a part of me that hated myself for stuttering um, and I had confidence, you know, um, to speak to anyone at any time, I would consider myself recovered. What do you want to tell people out there that are struggling with a speech impediment, with a stutter, with, with any of the speech impediments that exist? What do you want to tell those individuals? To stand up and use your voice. Don't let this inhibit you from being the person that you came here to be. It's my belief that we have this speech impediment for a reason, and the treasures of it you will find through speaking your voice. Do you believe you have found your voice, or are you still searching for it? I would like to stay that I'm still searching you know like the song that like I just played um like that my favorite line out of it is they say I inspire but I'm still looking for my fire I think I am still finding my voice I think like every day I find a smaller piece that just slowly adds up and like me doing stuff like this is huge do you think there will ever be a place where you say yes I have found my voice I hope but like even if I ever like do reach that place I ever don't want to stop going for that next step like my like my, I don't ever want there to be an end I guess what's you know? the next step once you found your voice part of me now like 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 even even though like I don't like to acknowledge it, I enjoy the journey and I don't want to stop of finding my voice and my purpose and myself in this world. What do you want your legacy to be as a human being? Really? That's the question you're going to ask me? Yeah. Outside of like, being a great father, friend, and husband that helped everybody he 
hood, you know, a, 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 like was a light in all of their worlds. It would be with my holistic healing business, you know, like when I want to bring new ways of processing and like a working through trauma and like a better like my understanding of consciousness, the subconsciousness, and like like realizing how that affects like when our whole potty or mental like emotional physical spiritual health um and an understanding and teaching others how to like do energy healing and i yeah like when i'm actually creating out of my own healing totality right now that i will hope will be huge someday that will help a lot of individuals and that is absolutely what i want to leave that is most certainly a legacy that I would be honored to be a part of. I don't just speak for myself. Well, you're stuck with me, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> that would be a legacy anyone would be honored to be a part of. Thank you. You're very welcome. So, we've reached that point in the program where we have to say goodbye. Trick on the man.